Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart. Me and Greg Piatelli break down this past week in baseball. We cover hot and cold teams, all of the different waiver wire deals that have come across throughout baseball, individual player awards, stadium, snacks, and bleacher creatures, as well as a look onto this next week in baseball. But as always, please go like and share the podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG is the handle there, Thunderblog Sports for Facebook and Instagram. But as always, enjoy this week's episode. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart. I, of course, am your host, Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. With me is everybody's favorite, the hero from Boston, Mr. Greg, the Prophet Piatelli. How are you? Roller coaster week. Roller coaster week. You're telling uh, me. On a personal level, I know you're all sports, all business, all the time, but uh, moving is not fun. And uh, moving yeah, in moving Boston. Sucks. Moving in Boston with all the colleges and is, is even less fun, uh, I guess, as, as this was moving day for most colleges. This weekend, oh, I know. Jeez. So they call it they call yeah. it a they call it Christmas, um, with all the stuff that people oh. just, just leave on the side of the road that anyone can is free game to have. So <laughs> yeah, or, that's uh, or people just take it. <laughs> yeah, just just come and get it on Craigslist without without the Craigslist, just leaving shit on the curb. It's nice, you know. It's uh, get a new living room that way. <laughs> it's Christmas in Boston, I guess. <laughs> Christmas in Boston. Uh, well, and moving's never fun, um, except for all these different waiver moves we've been seeing. You know, we've we've had a lot of different movement between, you know, Cameron Mabin going to the Astros and Justin Verlander going to the Astros. And Greg, can you remember another year? that there have been this many waiver pickups? First and foremost, I just want to say that was an unbelievable transition by the, yeah, host, you know, uh, the host of this great show, the guy who, for all intents and purposes, we all love, the reason why we listen, the voice is magical, the G-Man. Man who drives the cart, as they George, call me. George Washington Canal the Sixth. Um, that is me. You know, it's it's unbelievable segues. True professionalism. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, we've been doing it for for a couple months now. You know, I've learned a thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So back to your question. In all seriousness, um, you know, the Astros are an interesting team because they're a team that everyone was on for not doing anything at the deadline, and you know, not only you know they got Verlander and and some outfield depth, but you know, they also, you know, set themselves up now for this huge push come with September call-ups and getting all their guys, getting, getting some sitting, because they're so far ahead. They're at a place where they can get Verlinda right and back into a playoff atmosphere. They can get their guys some rest because they're 13 and a half games up on the Angels and 14 and a half on the Mariners. So they just can cruise for the month of September, essentially. I'm sure the magic number, and I'm sure – you have the magic numbers because you're 
Mr. Smart Man for everything. But, uh, you know, it, it was a huge move. And no, I don't remember in any time uh, recently that I, you know, have seen this many pickups off waivers. Um, you know, ESPN put out a stat the other day of like the true deadline versus the waiver deadline. Like, you know, you never used to see anything like that. No. And I'm wondering, like, we've talked, we talked a lot leading into the, the normal trade deadline, the non waiver deadline is we distinguish it as now. And we talked a lot about the second wild card and does it make a difference? And a lot of the different moves that we were seeing, whether it was adding to bullpen depth and we're seeing it and the Red Sox kind of led off with it of adding depth to your outfield. And the, the, the Dodgers continued it a little bit after the deadline, getting Curtis Granderson. And now the Astros are following suit. We're seeing some moves of these, you know, wild card teams. These are obviously all division leaders and, and, teams that are trying to pull away, you know, a couple more successful than others, but they're all still in the lead. So I'm not trying to give it any sort of knock to anybody. Um, but, but I mean, do you think this, the second wild card is making some bit of that push of teams that might not have thought that August 1st was enough time to assess. And, and now with September 1st, with a waiver deadline, now, now we can really figure out if we're really in this or not. Yeah. I mean, like you, yeah, I, I think you're trying to say that, you know, teams are trying to, they're waiting a little longer um, yeah. until the September 1st deadline to make sure that, you know, they. Yeah, like the Tigers, for instance, unloading right, a ton of people. Out. Yeah, they're fully out. Yeah, no, I, I understand, um, you know, and I, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, you look at a team like the Astros and, you know, with Beltran and some of the other guys they have, you know, they have let's say they're, they're heading into the world series, you know, are you going to sit Beltran or are you going to start Beltran and pinch hit form or pinch run form or defensive position form later in games? Yeah. It's a small, yeah. you know, small sample size for, you know, three or four games in the, in the, in the world series. You're right. But um, you know, for the top teams, it makes sense to try and add depth as much as you can throughout the top to bottom of the lineup. And for the teams, like you said, that are, that are delaying till September and the second wild card and this and that, you know, it's it does make things interesting, but the second wild card. Uh, if uh, do do teams? I guess my question, my my, if, without answering your question, my question back to you is: Do teams really hold out for a second wild card? Like, is it, yeah, you can say you made the playoffs, but like your fan, everyone, your fan base knows it's a one and done situation. Like, am I the only one? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, and everyone else in in the world is like, oh, you're in the playoffs. No, it's a one game playoff. It's not. No. You're not in the playoffs. That doesn't count as a playoff. That's a fucking. That's a six. That's a 16 seed versus 16 team in the March Madness tournament that <laughs> they play that that they play and is irrelevant. You know because they're gonna play the number one seed and lose. You know. No, I agree with you. I, I I definitely think you need to make the divisional series in order to say you made the playoffs. Uh, my my point in asking is that we're we're starting to see this geographical shift of the teams that were in the second wild card waiting to unload we haven't really seen teams that are in the hunt you know trade to try to load up in this waivers period and we didn't see a ton of action on either side on a buy or sell so my, i guess my originally was are we is this why we're seeing teams wait to sell could you see teams wait to buy um 
taking crazy pills there. It's just more affecting the sell side. No, I wasn't talking about you. I was just saying in general, it's like, you're right. I mean, I think it's, I, I, I don't think, I think people are going, and the Astros obviously proved that you can be patient to buy, but, um, you know, I'm sure at some point at the deadline, because there were talks that Verlander was going to go at the deadline and the Tigers were just, yeah. the Tigers were just waiting. Um, so I feel like the Tigers and the Astros must have known at that time, like, hey, in a month, if we're still not in it, we'll give you Verlander. Yeah. Like there I, must I, yeah, I feel like there had to be some backdoor deal there, which whether, obviously, I'm no journalist, I can't confirm or deny, but, like, you know, I, I feel like the Astros being the team they were, having the lead they had, you know, I feel like, one, the pressure that the Red Sox, with all the moves they made, the pressure that the Indians, with the moves they made, I feel like the Astros felt like they had to do something, and, and I want to say that, you know, they decided – you know, them and the Tigers, I'm sure, had some conversation about whether or not, um, you know, they would wait and do the regular deadline or wait for the waiver deadline. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because we've been talking about the waiver deadline for so long, but waiver deadline basically just means that the MLB has to approve it, correct? Yeah, that's basically what it is. MLB's got to approve it. Um, yeah, and it's it's not like waivers with, like, with hockey, where... They have to clear through every other team before they can send somebody down. Same thing actually with baseball when they designate somebody for assignment. Basically, yeah, it's it's Major League Baseball has to approve it and make sure that it's not some type of serious fire sale or anything like that. In this case, you know, we're we're seeing players move and you know the the Astros obviously giving up prospects for it, but nothing seriously like as if there was total collusion within the trade, you know, within this this area. So. Well, there might have been some backdoor conversations there. It's it's not something that's any like comes to mind, but it's not like basketball tampering. But you get what I mean by using that word. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was just trying to educate the listeners at home uh, as well as no, myself, no, no, no. as well as myself, since you're Mister Knowledgeable. No, 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 and, th- and that's why I was when I said the you, I meant both you, Greg, as well as the uh, the listeners. Well. Oh, listen, no offense, yeah, taken. It's... no offense taken. I get it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was just something like I noticed just a ton of moves really. We, and I've brought them up in podcasts before, but just the fact that we're seeing now major names that were, that were deadline date or deadline bait, excuse me, that have now been moved in this, in this waivers period. And, and I figured start off the show that way, but let's move to our usual business, hot and cold teams. Uh, it's pretty obvious who we're going to go with, but I'm going to start with you, Greg. Who do you got for your hot team? Um, so I'm, I'm going to say the Arizona Diamondbacks, but I want to quickly talk about the Baltimore Orioles. Um, sure. Just because they're in the division, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Um, you know, For those who are keeping the score at home, they did sweep the Red Sox in Fenway, which was awesome as a Red Sox fan. I'm so pumped that we got swept by the Orioles. Um, you know, they've put together a good little streak for themselves, and, and they're they're closing fast in the Yankees, and I would love nothing more than the Yankees to not make it. However, based on my predictions at the beginning of the year, I did predict the Yankees to make it, so I'm going to have to go with the Prophet Piatelli. You know, Jordy, on this very podcast, remember, you laughed me out the door when you said the Yankees would never be the number two seed. So... I did. For, for those of you who want to listen, go back. So number one. I was right. How far we've come. I was right. Anyways, the profit for a reason. 
Um, yeah, so my team is the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> my team is the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, we talked about it. Um, we talked about them, I, think, I believe, last time we did a pod, Jordy, um, you know, as a cold team. But they turn around now 10 games in a row. Um, and there would be more, but they, they, they won three out of four versus the Mets. So, you know, they lost one of the games in there. But it, it would have been, it, you know, so that means it's um, you know, 10 in a row. 12 so, in a row. Yeah, I don't know, it would have been – but yeah, whatever. So, yeah, they're the point being is that they're twelve of the last thirteen. They've won twelve of the last thirteen. So, you know, this is a team that you know had that split, had lost two out of three of the Cubs, split with Houston, um, lost, got swept by the Twins, uh, and then they turn around and you know, yeah, it's the Mets win three out of four. Yeah, it's the Giants, but then they turn around and sweep the Dodgers and sweep the Rockies. And both those teams, Rodgers and Dockies, whoa, Roger, Dodgers and Rockies, hey yeah. um, the Dodgers <laughs> being <laughs> the Dodgers being ahead of them. Um, yeah, the Dodgers being the first place team, it's good to sweep your rival. And I'm sure September call the Dodgers might have sat some players without knowing the full scope of things. But the Rockies are, are for all intents and purposes, right there in the wild card hunt. Um, you know, they're what are they? couple games back of, they're still the, they're still the number one or number two wild card uh because they would be a half game up on milwaukee 72 and 70 and uh 64 are the rockies 72 and 65 are the brewers right but that, so, that we we talked about this that app has at least at one part been closed and that second wild card spots heating up in terms of its race yeah for sure the national league and and the Diamondbacks, I mean, those two teams that, they, that I mentioned, you know, very good teams to beat. Um, you know, it, it goes to one, it goes, it makes you wonder, you know, is this team for real? Can they string some things together? They, they do have pitching, pitching and Granky, and their bullpen is obviously um, really good and has been all year. It's just a matter of, you know, can they sustain? Can their offense keep it up? Um, you know, JD Martinez, you know, is he, is he, can you really rely on him for, for, uh, you know, a big playoff push here, but, um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt obviously has been the best player for them and, and quite frankly, in the National League at first base for a while. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things where this is a team to look out for, 10 in a row, it's no small feat, and you can't really take anything away from them. But um, from from my standpoint, my opinion, I think that they are going to make some noise and at least uh, make some teams sweat here in the first round of the playoffs. No, I agree with you. Absolutely. Especially when they're at home, they just seem to have that different level. They have by, they have by far the second best home record, the best being the Dodgers at Dodger stadium, but they're 45 and 23 there. I mean, you're, you hit the nail on the head with their pitching staff being so great. They've actually now moved ahead of the Dodgers in terms of runs scored and aren't close in runs against. So that run differential is still mountains away, but uh, they've, they've actually, gotten to a lower standpoint of runs against than the nationals, which I think actually speaks a lot to it because the nationals have a lot more name brand talent, you know, whether or not some of them have been on and off the DL is, is part of it for Washington standpoint, but they're still the, they're still the, the third lowest in the national league in terms of runs against, uh, but that run scored, I mean, moves and, and have all these different players that have really, this great offense which i mean they're ahead of the dodgers now and runs scored so you 
can't really be too upset with where they're going. And I think, uh, well, especially with 10 wins in a row, but excuse me, I think you can uh, start to move a little more into a comfortable spot if you're an Arizona fan. I hear it. I love it. Jordy, give me your hot team of the week. All right, so my hot team is also pretty chalky. It's uh, the Cleveland Indians. They have won 11 in a row, including an 11-1 shellacking of the Detroit Tigers today in route to an obvious sweep. All in Detroit, they also went into New York this week and swept the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, including a doubleheader. The Indians are red, red hot. Jose Ramirez back off the DL and has now two homers and three doubles in his today, which uh, tied a major league record of five extra base hits in a single game. I mean, these guys, they're finding all their different players that need to just light up. Edwin Encarnacion have, having a slow start. Uh, with 32 homers at this point, and that pitching staff is incredible. They did have that split series with the Red Sox last week uh, at home, so at least there's some solace there for you, Greg, uh, in terms of in terms of uh, a great battle of pitching staffs. But uh, I mean, they're they're really they're starting to light it up on the scoreboard. When uh, when they played Kansas City last weekend, they did not let up a single run. They won that series 20 to nothing. So, I mean, they're all things considered. Cleveland is looking to be in a great spot going forward in September, and it'll be uh, it'll be fun seeing if they can ultimately take over the number one in the uh, in the American League, as they're now only uh, three games back of Houston. Do you think this age-old question? Do you think these streaks of the Indians and the Diamondbacks are on. Do you think they're peaking too soon? Do you think they're peaking too early before the playoffs? You know, you look back, obviously, uh, in 07, the Rockies, you know, they were able to sustain a – create a run and sustain a run from September all the way up to losing to the Red Sox for the World Series, uh, the Red Sox second World Series in three years. But that's neither here nor there. Do you think that these runs are <laughs> – you let me get away with that one. I love it. All right. You think these these runs are well? It's technically in four years, Greg. If we if we do math, two thousand four, and then you miss two years. We don't count those four years. years but, we don't count those years. You know, but we don't count those years. We're, I was gonna I was gonna allow it, but, but to answer you, your question, you see this, and and the perfect example, at least from you know within the last year in sports, is all the different winning streaks we saw in hockey. Um, you know, the Flyers had a great one. A few other hockey teams did as well. But the Penguins ultimately come away with a cup. They they themselves went on a great run in the playoffs. And, you know, the age-old got hot at the right time. Um, well, if they do what the Rockies did, um, especially because some would argue that they won too early when the, when the Red Sox themselves had an awesome getting hot at the right time in that series against the Cleveland Indians, full circle. That being said, I think if you had to pick one of the two for it to be more likely to happen to, I'd definitely pick the Diamondbacks. I think the Indians are a little more built for the the new playoff model. Mm-hmm. They have, I mean, they were this close to winning the All they really did was get better. You know, they, they added Edwin. They ha- still have a lot of that same pitching staff. Some of them are now starting to really look healthy and back to the, their old selves you know, really led by Corey Kluber. Um, that being said, 
it's hard to think that they're going to, that they would not fall into some type of, you know, skid, not maybe not losing 10 in a row or anything like that, but maybe finishing the season going forward, you know, around 500, maybe a little under 500 baseball and then refinding themselves. Of course, there are dangers in that using the hockey metaphor. Once again, the Blackhawks saw that and got swept by the eventual Western conference champions in, in the predators, but and they had a very similar ending. They looked like they were unstoppable and, and had a really bad end of the regular season. But long-winded answer to your question, the Indians have great pitching, great hitting, and are fantastic on the road, which is where it matters in the playoffs. So I think they're a little – you can feel a lot better about them. They just got to make sure that they nosedive going into the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's uh... – all right, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, you know, win for a cause or you know, team's identity, things like that, um, kind of guy. You know, for me, you know, the big thing that I often go off of is like, you know, the story. You know, every you have two t- two exactly same talented teams in a day. Which one's going to come out on top because of whether it's more motivation playing for something, blah blah blah. You know the Cubs last year with their, with their streak and uh, the Royals before losing in game seven, um, you know, the Red Sox in 2013 with the bombings and, you know, you can go on and on. But for me, it's, it's one of those things where the Indians have that motivation. They have that game seven loss last year. They have the, they were, they were basically a rain delay away from winning the world series. Um, you know, yeah. Andrew Miller might be banged up, blah, blah, blah. But I think they have that motivation my only question is they basically replaced Mike Napoli with Edwin Encarnacion. Do you think Edwin Encarnacion can give that same sort of production spark life, uh, you know, party at Napoli's house after the game type of mentality that they had last year? Yeah, that's actually a great question because earlier this year I was with a lot of Cleveland people on a bachelor party, uh, one buddy from college from from the the land as they call it, Humble and Bragg. they hate it not to brag but they hated edwin and this is when this is this is memorial day and he was still slumping a little bit he's bad in 252 so that the average isn't there the 32 homers though 82 ribbies you, you can't knock the you know production too terribly he's been better later in the season than he had been you know to start uh, but your question is, I mean, he's 34 years old, replacing Mike Napoli, a much different guy in the locker room. Um, if he can turn it on in the playoffs, we could see great production there. Um, but I think the one guy you also got to remember who has been up and down this year, who is that bigger name in the lineup, not necessarily the home run leader and he's, he's not this year, but that's Francisco Lindor having an okay year. Um, you know, he's not, not do He's not a, where basically we thought Jose Ramirez would be what Lindor was going to do. And, and Lindor is certainly not doing terribly this season, but I think if he gets it going, Jose Ramirez keeps it up and Edwin can pepper in there and there, it'll be an interesting, it'll be an, interesting run for the Cleveland Indians, especially with that pitching staff. And if they stay hot going into the playoffs. Yeah. And you know, it's something to certainly look out for. And, and I mean, 
honestly, these, I think the feel good story is going to have to be Houston and, and what they've gone through, obviously, yeah. in the Astros. And, and quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they win it. I mean, they were going to make a deep run before all this happened, but, you know, a lot of people are comparing. Getting Verlander is, is super helpful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, a lot, and a lot of people are comparing it to the 13 Red Sox with the marathon bombings and, you know, the fact that they I was were. Like, say, you, you used that, and I was a, when you talked about the. The, the the Indians last year, I was about to call them the 2014 Spurs. <laughs> that, that unfortunate, who a free throw away from winning the NBA title. And then they had the, uh, the, the three-pointer from, from Ray Allen. We won't talk about him. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Indians, it'll be fun to leave, unfortunately, to leave your Red Sox out of the ALCS. That would be a fun ALCS to watch. Uh, a lot of fun pitching, a lot of good pitching great hitters. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know, if you see, if you see these guys, I mean, Jay Bruce has done pretty well for him as, as soon as he came over Lindor, like I said, he's not doing bad. He's batting 270. Would have wanted to see that average be higher, but 26 homers, you can't really argue against um, not a ton of ribbies. So there, there's one knock to him as well, but if they can get to where we thought they were going to be, um, you know, coming into the year and the, the hype there, I think it'd be a fun, fun battle of a, uh, of feel good stories, but definitely the, uh, the Harvey relief. And we'll, we'll get back to this past weekend for the, for the Astros, but worth noting, they did sweep the Mets a double header yesterday. Yeah. And, then, and then once again, they did win today. Yeah. And that's my, that's my sort of, you know, they're being compared very much to the 13 Red Sox. And yeah, they, like I said, they were a team that was going to make a deep run beforehand. And, and it was just, it's just one of those things that, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, an interesting story to watch between those teams, like you said, those two teams. You know, it seems to be on paper somewhat very similar, obviously, um, in terms of having offense, having pitching, you know, having the bullpen. But then it comes down to, you know, which which team, which fan base, not the fans have the any impact, but which team and uh, which clubhouse can get uh, get rallied around quickly enough to. Uh, make it deep and, and, and win, the, win the whole thing here. But let's move on here. Yeah, cold teams. You want me to start or you you, you want to go? Yeah, I mean, I can go. Um, I mean, I, I don't discriminate. I was trying to pick a team that um, was actually in the hunt and a team that had a shot. Um, and I was going to go with a team like the, the Royals or, or something like that. I mean, you can even talk about the Dodgers who two of eight. But, again, that I think has to – Two of eight in the last ten, but I think that again has to do with uh, you know, the fact call-ups. that yeah, September call-ups. They're they're ten games ahead of the Nationals for first place in the in the National League, so they have they all have but have that locked up in the first number one seed and all that stuff. So home field throughout. So I think they're they're good there. I'm honestly going to go with the San Francisco Giants in the race for last place. The Giants are now two and eight in their last in their last ten. Uh, your boy two games up. Two your games, boy actually a game and a half. Your boy Bumgarner got destroyed today by the Cardinals. Um, and and quite frankly, Jordy, it's only one game in the loss column. So yeah. reality is, oh, the, yeah. the Phillies only are only one loss worse than the Giants as of right now. So no wait, they have less losses than the than the Giants. So 
if we're if we're if we're being hey, right. honest, hey, wait, 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 we're doing the math bad. They're only a half a game out. <laughs> if we're being honest, the the Phillies, the race for last place, the Phillies are not in last currently in the entire uh, major. Finally, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> You beautiful Lost bitches. Lead. You beautiful sons of bitches. Oh, my God. Well, here's the thing, too. The Phillies have scored more runs and have allowed less. It's now four less, but it's less. Goddamn San Diego Padres, who somehow win more. They've, they've won 62 games. But that's a great pick with the Giants. Um, it really, really, I mean, shit. You know, you would have thought, I mean, we had them battling it out with the Dodgers for first place. And obviously you had the bum garner injury that, that really just seemed to derail the whole thing, but what a terrible turnaround of a season for them. And listen, I honestly think, um, you know, quite frankly, no one really cares about this last place race except for you and I, but, and probably most Phillies fans, but, uh, ever since the Panda came back to, to San Francisco, they've just tanked in the tube. So, Great move by the Red Sox. Terrible move. Terrible move by the Giants. And uh, see you later, Panda. Yeah, I mean, the Phillies still care. They won an extra innings against the uh, Miami Marlins, who do have somehow have a 3% chance of making the playoffs, according to ESPN stats. So, you know, the Phillies care. Giants might not. But that's, you know, that's an Great. interesting pick. I actually am going to go with the Royals for nice. mine. Um. Again, as, as type pick, but they are three and seven in their last ten games. I mean, they were right in the thick of it for the wild card, um, and, and fall into the to the back of the back of the pack in terms of uh, that second wild card spot. They're sitting uh, three and a half behind the Twins, so certainly not in terms of uh, coming back to it. But the run production isn't there. The pitching's really started to to balloon. Jason Vargas not having great a great second half, uh, like some players that I'm I'm sure you love to talk about. The the Royals have really started to, I don't want to say show their true colors because I would have thought they'd I would have thought they'd lock up second place pretty easily. Uh, but you know they're they're starting to show what. Some of us had feared, you know, towards that midway mark of the season. Yeah, and and yeah, I think you're right. It's it's one of those things that certainly surprised us all. Um, you know, we thought for sure there'd be a big bounce back here from last year for this team, but turns out the uh, the magic might be gone. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. If if we're gonna go with uh, a few others, just of those those basement. Uh, can't miss the the six game losing streak from the Oakland Athletics, despite somehow having, or not somehow, but having those those ball nashers and Chris Davis, the Ryan Healy's, um, you know, and, and Roger Davis and, and everybody out there. Um, but you know, really within it, a lot of this in the in the wild card races, a lot of teams are playing right around that six and four, five and five in their last ten games. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that second wild card is really making things interesting because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams that are still in the hunt. There are a lot of teams that you know not only for the divisions, but they're I mean most of the divisions are pretty much locked up. Um, but a lot of teams are like you know 
even the Pirates are seven and a half out in the National League, and seven and a half games may be insurmountable. But you know, come come a pretty pretty good run here in September, you know, you never know what can happen. Uh, and the American League, yeah. I mean, the American League, you have Tampa Bay Rays, Royals, Rangers, Mariners, Orioles, Angels, Twins, Yankees, all within four games of each other. So. Quite frankly, it's it's just a mess in the American League, and it's going to be significant baseball uh, for for a lot for a long time here. Yeah, and that's probably the most exciting part is that, like you just said, if if we're still in the old four teams making the playoffs, the National League is basically almost because the the Diamondbacks are so far, quote unquote so far up. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot of fun baseball ahead, and it'll be. Uh, a lot of good good sports on TV with football coming back as well. Hey, just get those out there. The Phillies are not mathematically eliminated, are they? Are who? Are the Phillies mathematically eliminated? I'm sorry, that you cut out both times. Which team mathematically eliminated? Are the Phillies mathematically eliminated from the playoffs? Te- technically, technically, no. Uh, I think they are almost officially out for yeah they're definitely out of the division race but they're not out of the wild card technically um they would be they're 19 they're 19 and a half games behind the brewers so potentially this week they're completely gonzo but uh you know who and knows i mean we've seen, you know we've seen uh we've seen other other leads blown so you're you saying know, i mean there's a small chance, and you know who knows with uh, Reese and Nick and and all these great guys. You know who knows what they're gonna do. You know we have high hopes. Phillies uh, fans will get that nod. Let's move question. on to player awards, though. Wait, real quick What's the before question? we do that, are you are you rooting for as much as I am? My man Giancarlo or Mike uh, stand to get to. 61 home runs. Love that. I would I, love for him to. I want him to get that so much so that there's no asterisk and all this bullshit and this is all Babe Ruth bullshit. F that guy, that fat piece of shit. I'm, I want John Carlos Stan to get this record <laughs> so hard. I mean, Roger Maris had it, yeah, but, but I, you know, I want him to get 62. I want, I want him to beat that motherfucker Babe Ruth so bad. I just can't wait for this guy to just keep mashing the ball. I mean, we're talking what yeah. he's had one, two, three, four, five, six home runs in the last ten games. I mean, come on, you got it, you got it, buddy. You got one month to hit hit twelve home runs or eleven home runs, whatever it is. He's at fifty-two, so he's got ten home runs. One month to hit ten home runs. Come on, he can do it, right? Yeah, he absolutely can. He had one point where he hit like seven and seven games or something like that. I forget what the actual number was. I mean, I, he could definitely do it. Um, let's look at their, I mean, if we really quickly want to do a, a bad radio, but let's look at how many times they play the Phillies throughout the rest of the season, the, 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 the Braves. I mean, these are some teams with some shit pitching. Oh, and they go to Colorado. Oh my God, Greg, here's what, all right. So they play the Phillies next weekend. They play, or no, in two weeks. Sorry, is that at home home or in Philly? In Philly, and he right, and hit, it's hit, easy for him to home run there. Hit, 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 um, hitters ballpark. Hitters ballpark. They play in Atlanta next week, which 
you know, I mean, Atlanta has shit pitching. So regardless of hitters ballpark or not, home against the Mets, home against the Brewers, and their pitching's not so good. Come on, those are easy. Go. If he doesn't, if he doesn't break it against the Mets, come on, Greg, he could break it in one weekend in Colorado. He could go twelve for twelve with twelve home runs. I think <laughs> they play three weeks from today, or three weeks from tomorrow. Excuse me, Monday. Starting Monday, September 25th through that Wednesday, they're in Colorado. Then they close the season out with four games against the Braves. He's definitely getting it. This is happening. Uh, Let's I want lock it, it I, up. I want it so bad. There's nothing more that I want for this season than for him to get over 62. For him to for him to beat that threshold, I want that so bad. So then we can all, everyone in ESPN and all these fucking old baseball writers can finally put the whole Barry Bonds asterisk nonsense to bed. Because, in my opinion, what Bonds did was unbelievable, magical. I loved it when I was when I was a young kid watching it. Obviously, he had some enhancers or whatever. Never been caught. Just gonna say that. But I would love Giancarlo to beat that number more than anything else. I think I think, honestly think I'm rooting for that more than I am the Red Sox right now. Yeah, that'd be pretty exciting. I mean, especially like if some of these races do start to to lock themselves up. It, especially in that last week, we'll definitely see the wild, the second wild card spots be hanging around season, but with really only that. And the, that's really a matter of like four games, four or five games to look at. Something like this is what it's what we need. What we need is baseball fans. It's what baseball needs. It's hashtag good for baseball. It'll be make baseball fun. It'll again. be fun to see. Make baseball fun again. Jesus no, Christ. You, you know what? Like, you know what I need more than anything else? Remember how they had the Barry Bonds live looking at every at bat? I need that for John Carlos Stanton. And yeah. every like, yeah. even, even <laughs> if I'm watching even if I'm watching New England Sports and that's in the Red Sox game, I need them to update me and, and I need the little bottom corner screen just like they used to have with Bonds and when he was doing his thing. I need that for the rest of the year. The live look ins. Oh yeah. That's a oh man. We're gonna uh oh, I wish I had that type of technology. <laughs> but let's move on. Those unfamiliar with, with the format of the show, if you joined on through football, we're glad to have you. To do, we look at the teams, the, we give out individual player awards, we look at batting, pitching, and rookies, name them after movie characters. This one is the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. Who do you got? Uh, I have my man, Anthony Rizzo. Oh, great pick. 10 RBIs. Great hitting. week for him. He great week. Ten RBIs, hitting four forty, uh, on base percentage of five hundred. Uh, especially for a team that you know, seven and three, really trying to solidify the central. There, they're starting to get hot at the right time. Starting to put some pieces together. Um, you know, three game, three and a half up on the on the Brewers, but they're starting to make some noise. And 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 after losing three out of four to the Phillies, hey Phils. Um, two out of three, two out of three. Sorry, hey, Phils. Either way, um, you know the Cubs are really on a roll, and, and it really starts with Rizzo. I mean, as Rizzo goes, as Bryant goes, the team goes, and the fact that Bryant and or the fact that Rizzo is starting to find his groove a little bit here um, is is the reason why he's my uh, hot player of the week. No, that's a great pick, and as a Cubs fan, you have to feel pretty happy with the fact that they're now third in baseball in terms of runs scored. Um, obviously last year they had that incredible run offensively, uh, but 
Yeah, the big thing, the big knock with them at the All Star break was where was it all? And and like you said, where where Rizzo and Bryant go? Um, Brizzo, or I, I believe, was their uh, <laughs> shipping company that David Ross now works for. Um, up the team does too, and and Anthony Rizzo leading the charge. I found it interesting, just just one homer, but it shows that he doesn't need it to be the most productive guy on the team, which is great. It's great for the Cubs, and it, it's. Great to see them kind of find find their spot as they uh, as they were expected to. Yeah, I mean one homer, but you know you also got to recognize five doubles, a triple. I mean that's a big dude getting around the bases, getting a double and a triple. Yeah. And, and only two strikeouts yeah. is and only two strikeouts in a week is unbelievable. So you know he's just seeing the ball really well right now. He's putting it on all, all sides of the ballpark and. Uh, if, if you yeah, have any, that's if, a great if, pick. If, if you think anyone else is a hot player of the week, you're just a fool. Well, so my guy <laughs> is somebody that um, is somebody that was a fool. Greg, remember when Gary Sanchez got into the home run derby? Mm-hmm. Remember there was a guy who was really pissed off about it. Yes. Do you remember his name? Because I don't think a lot of people remember his name. The only reason I remember his name is because he's on the Tampa Bay Rays. That man is Logan Morrison. And Mr. Morrison this past week, Greg, I'll see your 10 RBIs from Rizzo, and I'll raise you to 12. I'll raise it to 6. I will lower your doubles to 1, but we'll forget that. Um, But... He batted 400, had a great slugging week, a slugging percentage of over 1160 would be the number. His OPS at 1604, a great power week from a guy who really it's not a too little, too late thing because he'd been having a pretty good season overall at the point that he caught out Gary Sanchez, um, but kind of just still under the radar to the average baseball fan putting his name out there as this as the slugger on a team that has unfortunately fallen out from a, a fun race. They're a very young team, so they're not they're not going anywhere in the next couple of years. But nice to see a guy that um, at least had the balls to try to call out why they would put in <laughs> player in an exhibition event that's meant to drive television ratings <laughs> actually play the way uh, he has – yeah, you know, talk the talk. <laughs> yeah, he's an ugly little player too, so it's not. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's an ugly fuck. Uh, uh, so, uh, hey, I mean, so is another know, guy. That... Tampa's four games out, and and you know that Twins, Angels. I mean, I said the Angels were going to make a little run too. Now that Trout's back, but that's neither here nor there. Twins, Angels, Orioles. You know, Rays. As a prophet, you know I need I need two AL East teams to make uh, or three AL East teams to make the wild card or to make the playoffs because that's what I said in the beginning of the year. Um, so I'm rooting for Tampa Bay, Baltimore, uh, and unfortunately the Skanks. But you know it, it's one of those things where uh, you know <laughs> they're not out. They're certainly not out. Four games, four games is not a lot, and and they're a team that you know that's true. Like you said, yeah, they're young. They have the pitching, but um, you know you never know. They play in a dome. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. They're playing the Twins. They play the Red Sox. They play the Yankees. You know, they play the the Orioles. They they play teams in their division. So there's a chance that you know they they beat up on the Orioles and the Yankees and and 
have a chance to jump them just by beating up on them, you know? That's very true. They have much better pitching than Baltimore. And if, if Baltimore's pitching keeps up the uh, solid streak, I'd say they've been on, I wouldn't say great, but they could stay up there. But you're right that Tampa Bay could easily claw their way back into that spot. Anyways, uh, great pick for, for player of the week. Uh, I'm going to stick with my man Rizzo. It's funny how you're the National League guy, I'm the American League guy, and all day I've been National League and all day you've been American League. Funny how well, that works. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, it's funny how that works. Sometimes we have our uh, opposite weeks. Um, <laughs> let's move on to National League, or not National League, to our, um, our Billy Chapel Pitcher of the Week. And, Greg, I'll start with you. Who do you got for this award? Um, so this is a tough one. I mean, there's a lot of good choices. Uh, obviously Carlos Carrasco with Cleveland, uh, comes to mind, you know, having pitched two unbelievable games for them, uh, only allowing run one, one run in two games, but I'm going to go out a limb and say Jimmy Nelson out there in Milwaukee. Um, oh, damn it. <laughs> I was going to go, I was going to snag that. Uh, all right. Let's, anyways, get, let's get the low down. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a guy that for them, um, and their rotation is, is certainly, certainly in, in, uh, sorry, a big part of their rotation is what I'm trying to say. Um, but you know, he's goes deep in, into most of his starts. Um, 17 strikeouts in, in the last week, which was unbelievable. Two wins for them, uh, only two earned runs, and and uh, you know he really, really, really is is helping them with this win streak that they're on, and helping them, uh, you know, beating Washington and beating the Dodgers. You know, he beat Washington one nothing. Uh, was that him today? Yeah, he beat Washington one nothing, and and uh, then beat the Dodgers three to two. So for him and this team, I think he is a huge part of it and and certainly helps out in a big way definitely definitely great pick there uh definitely worth noting carrasco also up there and strikeout leads with his 16 k's um cory kluber also having a great week like we talked about before but my guy though greg i who played two sports in college he uh played for a team that a lot of people a few blocks north of me at, at Temple University um, not happy with his team because they smoked the Owls yesterday, that being Fighting Irish, their former wide receiver, Jeff Samarja of the San Francisco Giants. Wow. He won uh, 0 a no decision in his, in his other start this week, was able to basically be the only shining light of your cold team of the week. Uh, 16 innings it pitched, only five hits and a walk that equates out to a .44 whip, one earned run and one actual run, being to a .56 ERA. Um, you know this is what they signed him for, and it's nice to see that he's still just absolute gas. 14 Ks, at, you know when the season really is, is lost at this point in a in a really off year for uh for the giants yeah i mean interesting pick and and certainly jeff samarja better known for his uh football career than his baseball one but um you know i <laughs> you know it's uh it's with, with the great brady quinn at quarterback 
Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> keep it on baseball, right? Maybe now. Listen, that team. That team was one. That team was one Reggie Bush push away from uh, from going all the way there, right? That's that's very true. Yeah, that 05 Notre Dame team, and, the, <laughs> and then again, I think in 06 as well. But let's just we'll we'll save that for the fun B. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's an interesting pick because they're so far out of it. Other guys I I could have potentially gone with Tanner Roark had a pretty nice week. Corey um, Corey Kluber obviously Lance Lynn had a good week as well. Uh, but you got to give credit where credit's due, and and doing that over 16 innings in in a week where pretty much out of it and you know you got to give credit where credit's due there love it love it jordy give me your rookie of the week my rookie of the week the henry rowan gardner rookie of the week i am going to save your one guy and my one guy for uh philly's talk and i'm sure you're going to pick yours for uh i'm going to go with troy mancini out of baltimore 10 for 30 this week. That's a 333 batting average. Uh, struck is, struck out a little more than we want to, and, and only two extra base hits, a double and a homer. Um, you know, but but definitely we talked about the Baltimore team having a nice run, eight and two in their last 10, and, and nice to see young players helping to lead that. Um, you could also throw a couple nods to you know, some of the guys down in Atlanta, Ozzy Albiz. And Dansby Swanson, the two highly touted middle infielders. Uh, but I'm going to give it to Mancini because of the fact that uh, he's helping to lead a team right back into the hunt. Yeah, I mean, we're, we've been talking about Dansby since then, since Pod One, and he's he's a frequent uh, frequent uh, sorry frequent award winner of the Roy Hobbs Rookie of the Week. Um, but Henry Rowengardner, Rookie of the Week. Way off. Sorry. Henry Rowengardner, Rookie of the Week. We, you can cut that out. And, right. Cut that out and edit it and change it so it sounds like I was right from the, from the, big, from the jump, all right? No, they need to know, they need to know that, you, that, you're, that you have some mortality to you. <laughs> I don't think that's the right word. But, uh, you're a prophet. You're a mortal prophet. You you're know, a mortal I, prophet. There's some error. I... <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I mean, yeah, I'm going to give it to the uh, AL Rookie of the Year, uh, Andrew Benatendi. Um, you know, this was a no-brainer for me. Um, you know, he 10 hits in, in the last week, uh, you know, including eight walks, hitting 417, um, three stolen bases, you know, only two strikeouts is is a big big step for him, especially at a time when Jackie Bradley Jr. got hurt. Um, but you know, I got to give a nod over here to Ian Happ, the center fielder rookie for the Cubs. You know, we talked about Rizzo, um, but this kid, in his own right, um, in the last seven days, has a three seventy five batting average, six RBIs, two walks, and a homer. Um, you know, he's just really. Him and Rizzo, and I guess the whole team, you know, like I said, as Rizzo and Bryant go, the whole team goes, and he's certainly a guy that is uh, similar in terms of hitting a stride at the right time, getting his groove going. He was two for four today with the only uh, with the only run, home run, and RBI um, for the Cubs. So he's he's a guy that I think uh, deserves a nod here as well. Absolutely, that's a great pick. Um, Ian Happ. Yeah, and, and Ian it's. Happ. Yeah, it's 
it's interesting. A lot of a lot of rookies getting a lot more playing time. You know, we can go over the Phillies guys in a few minutes. Um, your boy, your boy Rafael Devers, also having a, a decent week at 280, but still uh, getting more more and more abs. So it's nice seeing not just with September call-ups that we're getting a lot of rookie action, but that baseball is very young and that we're we're definitely trending that way. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, and, and it it. You see it all over the playoff, the top teams, the playoff teams. You know, the Dodgers have their young, their young cast. The Red Sox have their their young cast. I mean, even Altuve is pretty young. So, I mean, Lindor in Cleveland, it's 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 young all over the place in, in the Major League Baseball, and, and it's, it's a fun, exciting time. Absolutely, one uh, unfortunate nod on. Uh, on the rookie end, Paul DeJong did not have a great week. Probably one of his first hiccups at five for 27. That's below the Mendoza line. So worth noting there, but uh, figured we'd throw that in as well. Speaking of um, just Mendoza, woof. Jesus, let's not, let's not throw any personal jabs at, at other people. I was but, just talking about uh, you know, her skills as a play-by-play analyst. Yeah? Not a know, fan? Man. Uh, Listen, I was all on board in the beginning of the year. I really was. I was a big fan. And then I was watching Red Sox-Yankees coverage, and she just loves Aaron Judge, even though he's terrible. She loves the young Yankees, even though they're terrible. He has no love to the Red Sox. It's like we already get enough of that with Aaron Boone. We don't need you hopping on the Yankees' gap-tooth love of Aaron Judge for no reason for a guy who's done nothing and doesn't deserve the AL MVP because he's sucked since the All-Star break. But – Moving on. Not, not so good. Well, let's me, move on. Let's, let's, get some, let's, yeah, let's get a quick Phillies update. Since we last talked, the Phillies hosted the Cubs, one, two out of three. Then looked like it was going well when they hosted the Braves earlier in the week, one on Monday, and then uh, had a rain out Tuesday, so a, a traditional doubleheader during the day on Wednesday. Really, really bad sweep there. But they go down to Miami, win three of four, in, including a – 10-9 loss and a wild one in Miami last night. 3-1 win this afternoon where Nick Williams was the hero instead of Reese Hoskins. Uh, not Rice, as you and I once at one point called him, Greg. Our boy Rice Abroni. That's his new name, at least for us. <laughs> T-shirts might be coming. Who knows? But it's looking nice, at least at this point. The young guns on the mound are starting to come together and – uh with guys like Hoskins, who has been great in left field, um, and Williams, you know, doing his thing in right field, to see everything. Uh, the Phillies, still interestingly enough, they've been away since September first. Obviously, down in Miami, they haven't really called up a ton of people. Um, I read an article on Comcast Sports Net that talked about how a lot of the guys they would have called up ASAP have already been called up. So we'll see. I mean, you still have guys like J.P. Crawford, who hasn't been yet. Dylan Cousins, who hasn't been. The Iron Pigs played their last game today, so some of those guys are going to be sitting around doing nothing. Um, you have a few other pitchers that you probably want to wait to call up, so you don't want to necessarily yank them um, if they were on the 40-man roster. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it all goes um, in terms of how September goes down. Uh, they play next week against the Mets at City Field, which uh, we've talked about with Stevie G, but I still need to make my way up there. I think surprisingly they didn't have a ton of weekend games up there, which 
with, and we've talked about this before as well, but the Mets and the Phillies, both teams travel very well because of the fact that the two stadiums are only about two and a half hours apart, maybe a little less than that, depending on traffic. And, you know, not a, if there aren't really a ton of, you know, it's hard for a working man like myself to get, you know, get up to get up to Queens and, and check out their new, their Jordy, new digs. Jordy, 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 listen, as, as great as it is to hear you talk about how poor you are and how hard it is for you to get up to, to City Field, we all know that you're working hard, you're a working man, blah, blah, blah. I know you're trying to get free tickets from people who listen to the pod to send you up. That's what I was going for. To send you up to but New York. To set you up to New York to watch the game. Let's get to the real reason why people are listening to the Phillies update. Yes, yes, Rice Reese is the story story of the year uh, right now. However, let's look at the rest of the schedule and see if they can beat and overcome the Giants for the last wild card spot. Okay, at the Mets. At the Mets for three. Do they win two out of three, yes or no? I'm going to say yes. Right, they win a- tomorrow. They lose Tuesday. They win Thursday. Oh, beat the ground. Oh, lose the ground. Okay, got it. Uh, lose the ground. Four game set versus Washington versus the Nationals on the road. Do they at least split? Scherzer, Jackson, Strasburg, Gonzalez. Uh, they beat Jackson. So they, lo- they do not split. They lose three out of four. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Three games set versus Miami at home. Remember, John Carlos going for sixty-two. I I feel so bullish after this weekend. I think they take two or three. Nice, love it. Versus oh. Oakland at home, go. Sweep, love it. I'm a big fan of that pick. Then they have a four-game set with the Dodgers, who, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, are resting a lot of their guys, are sitting a lot of their guys. At that point, they'll be so far ahead. That'll be that's September eighteenth to the twenty-first. They'll be so far ahead. They probably won't have anyone playing. Four-game series. Do they split? I'm gonna say they split. I feel like right now there's only one game that has a projected start, and that's Nola versus U Darvish, which I feel like is a loss. Even though Aaron Nola's pitched very well as of recently, uh, but uh, not 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 too sure they could win more than two games there. And then we head to Atlanta, three games on the road in Atlanta. Jesus, you guys are at home for most of the rest of the year. That's pretty impressive. Anyway, it's pretty nice. They sweep Atlanta. They play really well against the Braves. They have their number, which has been shitty that they are. Sweep Atlanta. Okay, okay. I like it. Listen, if if this actually happens, (laughs) we're just going to go on. We're just going to go out here on a limb here. You said two out of three from the Mets. Then you win one against the – so we're at three wins right now. You win one versus Washington. Then you go two out of three against Miami. This is all according to Jordy. Then you sweep the Orioles. Then you go no, – it's Oakland. Oakland's sorry. fucking shit. Sweep Oakland. Then you win three out of four – split with the Dodgers, two out of two. Then you sweep Atlanta. At this point, you might as well forget forget the worst record in the major league. I'm, that 20 games is – that twenty games out is is certainly a little a little closer. Yeah, you're you're getting me on a day that the Phillies just won a, a twelve inning battle, and they only they were this close to four games sweeping Miami. You're getting me on the best possible day of the season. 
<laughs> and they're in fucking last place by two games. You were getting me so happy. <laughs> the only way I could be more bullish about this is if I was like drunk off my ass, which I'm not. Uh, but you're getting me on a very – it's a happy Jordy. You saw, you saw the Phillies' nice weekend, so I'm very happy. Realistically, they probably go – how many games do they have left? Um, let's say it's 25 games. Realistically, they probably go, I'd say, close to 12 and 13, a little bit under 500 baseball, I would say, in part because you do play the Dodgers so late. You play the the, the Nationals one final time so late. They're probably resting some starters. But they are playing teams that their starting pitching isn't that great. That's why we're talking about Stanton potentially breaking this record. So that's why I feel like they're a little closer to 500 than they than their rec, their current record shows them to be. 26 games, but you were close. 26 um, games. I would say then confidently, I would say 12 and 14 in their ooh, down the stretch. That that might be good enough to not be in last place. Hopefully, that'll be a a constant weekly update. Then are Listen. the Phillies in last? I'm hoping the Phillies go for 300, go for go at least 500, if not over. Yeah, I want I want them to make it interesting. I want the city of Philly to have a glimmer of hope, only to be crushed in the last couple of days. Um, just because it's, I love when Philly fans get riled up and and when well, they get point, so into things. Greg, you know, at that it, point, just, you guys are just so used to mediocrity. You're so used to losing that it's like any glimmer of hope you cling on to, like this whole trust the process nonsense. You guys had no shot last year of doing anything good. Your boy got hurt. You had some white guy get the rookie of the year. Come on, get out of here. Malcolm Brogdon, who might be coming, or I guess now the trade's official, but he was the backup. You guys didn't get Kyrie. Uh, I heard Brogdon. that. Anyways, yeah. the point is. But at this point, point Jordy, or at that point of the year, Greg, I can say this confidently now that we're at the last Sunday without an NFL game until February. Wensylvania is back. Oh, Welcome, Greg. My God, you're coming down. Oh. You're coming down in a couple weeks. Feel welcome by Wensylvania. Oh boy. Anyways, moving on here. Keep it at yeah, the baseball. You're one loss away from the Giants, so I'm I'm rooting for that. Anyways, back. Let's let's get to a relevant team, a team in the mix. Let's talk about my Red Sox. Yeah. Let's, um, you know, let's, Jordy, get your, let's get your lowdown. It's been a roller coaster week, honestly. Not only from the move, but this it whole. Has. It has. This whole Red Sox thing, you know, they split. We, we'll go back. They split. Thing. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go a week ago. We'll just go a week ago. They swept the Blue Jays. Started off unbelievable. You know, felt great about it. Right after being swept by the Orioles. Okay, two division rival teams. Lose now. Now we're playing the Yankees here. Okay, lose two out of three, and now they're they're losing nine to one right now. Chris Sale getting slacked by the Yankees, uh, losing 9-1. to one. Sale has been awful uh, today. They're about to lose 3 out of 4 to the Yankees. Honestly, this team, I'm not worried because I still think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the World Series strictly because kind of like, uh, you know, they talk about Ohio State and last year was a year away. Like, all, they were good last year, but they were a year away from their players actually making a deep run for football. You know, this the Red Sox I think are a year or two away. You know, they got their young guys, Ben Attendi, Betts, um, Bogarts, I mean even even uh Jackie Bradley Jr. Now they got Devers they called up the third baseman. You know, they're I think they're a year or two away from 
having all that talent have that experience of like, okay, now we've we've experienced it. We went with Ortiz. We relied on him. Now we had a season where our pitching was really good. Our hitting was mediocre. We're the only team in the major league without a grand slam. Explain to me that. How are you the first place in your division, yet the only team without a grand slam in the major leagues? Explain to me that, Jordy. You can't because they have no power on their, on their lineup. You know, this is a team that most of their guys are locked down. Most of their core guys are locked down at least through 2020. So, you know, from that standpoint, I mean, even, they even have Kimbrell till 2019. So, you know, they are a team that in a couple of years or next year or two years, whatever it may be, they're going to completely run away with it just like the Cubs did. But, um, you know, I think that this year they're definitely making the playoffs. It's going to be a roller coaster. But quite frankly, uh, I'm not sure they have what it takes to put it all together just because, you know, Cleveland is too motivated by the fact they were a rain delay away from winning, and Houston is now motivated by this this terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened, um, as well as the fact that you know Houston doesn't get a lot of chances to root for anything good. So um, more power to them. I just think it's going to be a tough road ahead of them, and you know their schedule isn't easy too. Looking at it, you know they got Toronto again, Tampa Bay. Who's yeah? I was about to ask you, how do you feel about this down the stretch? I mean, Toronto, Tampa Bay, both playoff teams. Oakland, you just talked about <laughs> Oakland. Um, they go to Tampa where, you know, it might as well be Red Sox or the South just because all the snowbirds down there. Then they play Baltimore three games on the road. That's an interesting series to me because at that point, that's in two weeks. At that point, you know, the three weeks, I guess. At that point, Baltimore is going to be a team that whether or not they're still in it, the Red Sox never play well against them top to bottom, year to year. I mean, if you remember, Jordy, the beginning of this year, remember we were talking about uh, who's the guy with the big, ugly ears, third baseman? Who, Manny Machado? Yeah, we were talking about Manny Machado, like they were throwing behind him. Remember that whole ordeal in September, October? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like a, about that, that. That felt like a lifetime ago, right? This Baltimore team was so irrelevant for so long. Now they're in it. That's going to be an interesting series. Then they play Cincinnati, some random – random-ass series against Cincinnati. Then they play Toronto again. So the good news is they get Toronto twice. They get Tampa Bay twice. So that's huge. They get to beat up on those teams. Cincinnati's been out of it, yeah. but again. Let's say and Cincinnati. <laughs> but, it, but you're going to the National League, so there's no DH. you got to play Hanley Ramirez. Your hitter's got to hit. It's a whole thing. Um, then they Toronto again at home. And then they have a four-game series against Houston at home, which at that point I'm sure both teams will have locked up a playoff spot. And Houston, you know, will, I'm sure, at that point, have the number one overall seed locked up. So I doubt those two teams will be playing a lot of their starters. So hopefully the Red Sox can take advantage of some rookies and, and gain some gain some strong uh, experience going to the playoffs. But, you know, I'm feeling good about it. It's just one of those things where the, the series that scares me the most is in Baltimore for a three-game series. Um, and... I think they're going to make the playoffs. I, I think they're going to – I'm so happy that the Yankees suck um, despite winning three out of four, but I'm so happy the Yankees suck. I'm so happy that Aaron Judge with a little gap teeth is brutal, the worst player in baseball right now. Um, and I'm so pumped that the Red Sox are doing well. And if only Sale could get rid of his so a little Septembers. A little live look good. into the Yankees-Red Sox game. Aaron Judge hit his first home run against the Red Sox tonight. How do you feel about that? I mean, he's still irrelevant to me. He's he's the worst player. He's the worst player since the All Star break. Love it. He's the worst oh, player man. since the All Star break. Tell me I'm wrong. 
Oh, but he had never hit one against the Red Sox. Yeah, well, his little gap tooth finally needs to hit one, right? Yeah. I oh, mean, listen. Oh, he's, I mean, he's Burl against the Mets. He's the he's not he's he gets killed by the Red Sox. He's not a Red Sox killer. Yeah, I mean, it's because they're not afraid of him. They go inside. They know how to pitch to him. You know, you're talking about a guy who, until this, until the the first two months of this year, like. You know, he was so bad last year. Everyone was saying he's too big. He hit 190 last year. He was brutal. Um, you know, everyone's talking about Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez can't block a ball to save his life behind the plate. You know, how's that going to work in the playoffs if they make it? The Red Sox are running all over this guy. But, again, can't say anything. This is the last series against the Yankees, and the Red Sox lost two out of four. So I can't really say anything right now. But baseball is more fun when the Red Sox and Yankees our rivals, like I said in the first ever podcast, I'm everything's just I've just been right about everything so so far with this. Um, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to the fan favorite section, the stadium snacks, and I've got a pretty interesting one. Speaking of Houston and everything that's going on there, uh, shout out to my to my two buddies Ari and Jeff. I know you guys are both safe, but. Really happy to hear that, and and I know that you guys have been helping out a lot of the you know, the the unfortunate victims down there, and and really happy and, and proud of you guys for what you're doing, and I hope that everybody in Houston uh, stays safe through all these rough times. But my stadium snack is going to be from Minute Maid Park, another stadium I, I need to get out to, but they have a spam grilled cheese sandwich, which uh, isn't incredibly interesting to hear we talk, of course talked about the spam on the hawaiian dog a couple weeks ago greg um but it's looks like an interesting sandwich um you know instead of the the traditional ham on a grilled cheese you know you're going ab of uh you know of, of spam here um you know apparently gets good reviews though i mean what, what's your initial take on this yeah, I mean, I I can't say I've ever um, ha- had or enjoyed spam. However, I know it's a huge thing. I know a ton of people love it. And uh, yeah, if you're not if you're not, you know, like the Red Sox sell lobster roll. If you're if you're not if you're not catering to the people in your ballpark, you know, you're not really doing things right. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it was in, in, an interesting part of the the Hawaiian dog. Apparently, it's huge there. Which uh, on this this list, I'm reading it off of. Apparently, very inspired by that type of cuisine. Uh, I'm not to be honest. I, I don't know if that's a big demographic in Houston, but you know, all power to you. It's apparently getting great reviews. If you do get a chance to head down to Minute Maid Park, which did have its first games yesterday since the hurricane. Uh, definitely go check that out, at least from what we're reading here. Uh, Greg, do you have a stadium snack? No, I honestly can say I do not. Um, yeah? I, uh, nothing like the tradition of ordering pizza and drinking champagne uh, night one in a new apartment. So that was uh, my extent of a stadium snack. Although Lady Gaga was in town this weekend, and she was playing uh, at Fenway. So that was uh, interesting to be able to hear that. Do you think um, that they have some type of glitter snack there during a Lady Gaga concert, <laughs> or is that more of a that's more Kesha, isn't it? I was, yeah, I was gonna say, or I'm sure because uh, Lady Gaga wore the meat suit, right? She was the one who wore the oh, that's right, yeah, the meat suit. So I'm sure there's 
I'm sure they had something interesting going on between them. Cool. Uh, something um, like that. Yeah. You pro- I, I hope she comes up like she comes up with a list of concession snacks and they're just ridiculous. That would be <laughs> level. You want to be a next level artist. You know, we're talking about Taylor Swift and reputation and all this crap. No, you need to cater your concerts in the music <laughs> industry. But let's stick to baseball. Bleacher creatures. I'm going to stay in Houston. Mets reporter. We talked about that they got swept by the Astros this weekend. But yesterday during that doubleheader, the Mets reporter Elbs in the midst of a report in foul territory. In the top of the third inning, he uh, is speaking about the relief efforts going on when a foul ball gets smacked his way. And Mr. Gelbs did not miss a beat, quite literally, catches the chopping foul ball with his bare hand points it to the camera and continues talking about what's going on with the hurricane reliefs, a stadium, a uh, bleacher creature adjacent, basically because he was in the bleachers. Um, another one I had, we talked about before was uh, our boy Todd McShay during the West Virginia, Virginia tech game. They cut to him and you can just see him supposed to be reporting about some players going on. And he's reporting about the Yankees Red Sox game iPad, and they're wondering, what, Todd, what are you doing? And it, it turned out to be a plug for the Watch ESPN app, which he said is uh, actually I'm not a tech reviewer, so I won't give my review of the app. But or for that, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the more impressive one, obviously, is the um, is the Chop it, the bare hand. The bare hand has to be the the way more impressive one. So I was trying to remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but I could not. Um, I think that one's definitely it's another more Stevie G. It's another Stevie G. <laughs> I like it. Definitely, definitely more impressive. I mean, did he did he look up at the last second? Was it like a no look? Was he watching the play the whole time? Was it like the person he was interviewing was just like, oh shit, the ball's coming and he caught it? Like, yeah, it's 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 he's facing towards the play. It's one of those like, I'm sure that one of the cameras on like the it, on the front. It's on the third baseline, uh, so I think it's it's probably one of the cameras that's positioned like along the third base. You know how they have that set up in baseball parks? They have a camera pointed down the left field line from yeah. right field foul th- or from first. The, you get what I'm saying? I, I'm sure it was something like that of where he's just looking at that camera, so he has his eye on the ball. You know, for the exact same reason why base coaches wear batting helmets so that they can make sure that there is something like that. He's not, of course. Uh, but obviously doing his interview. So it, and it comes up as he's doing it, catches it, continues going. Um, but, it, you know, it was, it was, it was quite impressive to see. Uh, do you, do you have a bleacher creature for us, Greg? No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, both of those that you, uh, you mentioned were, were too good to pass up. I mean, now, honestly, I know baseball tonight does web gems, and and on this pod we certainly don't talk about that. But there were some great, uh, great catches this week, and and if you haven't done so already, I'm sure Jordy will tweet out uh, via the Thunderblog account and uh, stick to Thunderblog Sports and not uh, amateur sports when he tweets from that account. Some of the web gems that have been going on in baseball. I don't want people to forget about baseball as we head into the playoff push. 
I know football's back and fans football's back and all that good stuff. But quite frankly, um, you know, baseball's still around. Baseball's still relevant. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, Jordy, uh, baseball, I know the Phillies are out, but it's a great na- – America's pastime, as they say, right? Yeah, it's a great uh, a great sport to still have on, especially with football being back it's it's something that keeps you entertained throughout the week um you know we have these exciting runs whether it be for the wild card or for record-breaking home run races or even if you want to get nerdier into it you know batting titles all that kind of stuff there's no triple crown at least currently that um really comes to mind that like you know the miguel cabrera a couple years ago or uh the the triple double of, of russell westbrook from last year and basketball. Um, but I mean, it, it's important that it's still here, that they're not yielding to football like golf has or golf will in a couple of years. Um, you know, October is quite possibly one of the best months of the sports year. And September baseball is, is just as important. And it's fun to see young guys get their chance. It's fun, young to see the races happen. And, you know, I've, I'm excited to see how it all goes down. I know you definitely are. And, and you know, it, it's where even if your team's out of it, you can still enjoy it because of the fact that when it's not getting overshadowed by football and, and you know, Sundays and Mondays and two degree Thursday, even though that's really the only reason why you watch is for the color rush. Uh, baseball's still here and ESPN will still show it. Fox will definitely still show it. Um, in to see how everything goes down. Yeah, and and you know the reason why I watch Thursday night football is for the opening uh, opening night Patriots Chiefs. But other than that, I mean, well, I mean, aside Thursday, from the kickoff game, the, the regular saying, Thursday night. Football. I'm saying, yeah, I agree. I think Thursday night's a joke. Um, quite frankly, the biggest concern that I have right now is Goodell is, going. So that's the big that's the big thing. I mean, he he has to, right? That's they yeah, won the they won the Super Bowl. Everyone was saying that because he went to the the first preseason game, everyone's saying that he snuck into the first preseason game and that's going to be his his way of saying, "Oh, I went to I went to Gillette already since the Super Bowl." Like, you know, this no big deal. Like I you know what I mean? Like everyone was saying that he was afraid I to go. I need to see him get booed the fuck out of by Gillette. That like that'll ruin my Thursday if he's not booed. Well, that's the thing is if he goes, would how, like how like would he would he be on the field? Like how would they be able to see him? What do you? He's not going to be in like Kraft's box anymore. Robert Kraft hates him, right? See, that's anymore. the thing is I don't know I don't know if Kraft does because Kraft Kraft is one of those guys that he has enough influence in the league where if he wanted Goodell out, he would be out. But they just the owners just signed Goodell to like a fifth like a however many more year extension. Um, that's yeah, what through 2023, something like that. Yeah, isn't it? It's something like that. It's something it's, um, like that. I think it's a five year. I think it was a five year extension th- past the next year. So I think it's through 2023. I'm so pissed about. It. I, 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 I my dislike for him is unbelievable. I mean, he's suspending a guy in in Ezekiel Elliott who literally has not been accused. Found guilty, nothing. Literally, being literally suspended him for six games or four games, whatever it was, for six doing nothing. Games. 
Yeah. We're doing nothing. Literally, I mean, I'm sure something uh, happened. That's yeah, uh, four, maybe four. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sure something happened, but like, you know, he hasn't been convicted. He hasn't been. He hasn't even been arrested. All it was is though he's a lot of he's, circumstantial shit that he's all it is acting is he's, on right now. Yeah, all it is he's he's and it's like you know he's doing the same thing. He's refusing himself. He's making himself look like the outside. Like oh, like just like he did in the Brady case. Like oh, someone else made the decision. I'm just the. I'll just be the independent person later on. It's like no, you're no, nope, 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 nope. Ah, uh, don't even get me started on this guy, Jordy. Let's let's close out the but, baseball pod here. I'm glad I at least got a small taste for the for the listeners to get. And uh but yeah, let's close it out. Let's look at this next week. Midweek baseball. We start with Labor Day, which which leads into the midweek series. Uh for me with an interesting pick. Um I'm actually gonna go with the Angels and the Oakland A's, and, and here's why. There's a few other series that are actually more meaningful. This is more not ESPN. ESPN, because I watched literally all day yesterday while I was watching college football, was advertising their Labor Day doubleheader, and you know who they had as the, the spokesperson, Greg? Mm. They had Mike Trout. Wow. Mike Trout was the guy. And you know who the, you know what the ESPN Labor Day doubleheader is? You know who you know who doesn't feature? <laughs> doesn't man, feature Mike Trout. My man Mike Trout. Does not feature Mike Trout. It features the Brewers Reds game. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it has the same amount of meaning as the Angels and the A's. And then the Cubs and the Pirates, which is actually a meaningful game. Good starting pitching and Jake Garrietta and Chad Cool. But if you're ESPN, why the fuck are you using Mike Trout is your advertising guy, and then not having him in this doubleheader. Push the Oakland game four o'clock in Oakland, or or push the Pittsburgh game back to one o'clock. It's Pittsburgh. They don't need to be up. They don't need to be up that late. It's seven o'clock. They're all <laughs> you know. They have all their shit with their fucking trolleys and their you know actual good hot dogs. They they do have good hot dogs, but yeah they. I mean, they're too worried of the Steelers and, and whether or not Listen, you know Big Ben's going to retire and they're going to, you know, they tailgate on their fucking rivers and, and all this shit. They need to just have baseball earlier and, and let's see some Mike Trout. Let's see Mike Trout kick the shit out of Oakland. It's Major League Baseball's last chance to have a Monday and Monday night baseball. Exactly. So exactly. Last, well said. Their last chance to do it. Their last chance to have it. Their last chance to... Throw out Aaron Boone and Sarah, whatever her name, or whatever her name is. Jess Mendoza. Jess Mendoza. So, how do you get Sarah from that? <laughs> I don't know. I I listen. Just like just like Goodell, ESPN completely uh, manipulated the story with just like the Brady situation as well as they're doing with Ezekiel Elliott. It's amazing how Ezekiel Elliott is doing the same exact appeal process that Tom Brady did. But guess what? Hmm. Yes, no, no one, uh, no one has. ESPN's not covering it like they covered the Brady thing. Oh, let's, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, no one made him stay out there to a press conference. No one made him get. No one got in his grill, and he actually probably did something. Brady literally did nothing. You know, some guy, someone else, the locker room else, guy, some staffer, some staffer who 
whether Brady told him to do it or not, Brady doesn't. Some real annoying fucking kid. Brady doesn't write the paychecks. Okay, Brady. Brady doesn't pay anybody. Okay, Brady gets paid by by Mister Mister Robert Kraft. Okay, good old Robert Kraft is the name of the paycheck. So if I don't know about you, Jordy, but the person that makes paycheck, that's the one I listen to. Not not. Anyways, the point is ESPN. Not a fan. Um, my series that I want to look out for this week. Um, Wait, quickly, quickly. Yeah. I want to ask you this question. Have you seen, you know, that, that, uh, the meme that's, that's going around it's super popular right now where it's the guy walking with his girlfriend and he turns around and looks at some smoke show. No. All right. Well, Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so there's one that wor- that's for, it's like, it's a National League wild card. <laughs> National League wild card is really starting to build up. But let's look at this meaningless preseason game, and it's the guy is ESPN, and the the girlfriend is Major League Baseball, and the, like the hot girl is uh is the NFL Shield. That's awesome. Yeah, but That's continue. Awesome. What is your series that you're looking at? Yeah. So, um, sorry. Quick thing. I mean, I want to go Baltimore and New York, but I'm going to save Baltimore for later. Um, I'm going to go Seattle and Houston. Houston has to travel out to Great Seattle. Pick. Uh, Seattle is right, right there in the thick of things. I know, great pick. I'm full of them. Seattle's right there in the thick of things in the playoff hunt. Um, so I think that series, as well as the Dodgers uh, versus Arizona, but as I, as previously said multiple times, I think the Dodgers have packed it in. So I think Seattle-Houston is really going to be the go-to one. Uh, and then for the weekend series, Jordy, um, this is where I'm going to have to use my Baltimore pick. Baltimore at Cleveland. Um, I'm hoping that those two teams beat up on each other a little bit, but quite frankly, um, Milwaukee, Chicago Cubs is a big series, um, huge series. So there's, there's a lot of big ones out there. And the only one that I have eyes for is the Phillies and nationals. Cause I'm hoping the Phillies win more than one out of three or one out of four, just like you predicted. And I'm hoping that they go above 500 like you predicted. And I'm hoping that, the, you know, there's still a point. It'd be one, nice. There's still a zero point one chance that they uh, they make the playoffs. So let's it's go Phil. Let's go Phil. Huh? And that's how we end it. Well, I had to make my weekend pick. I was gonna go with Milwaukee, Chicago. Obviously, a lot of impact there. Another one that that actually could be meaningful. We talked about the unfortunate fall of the Royals, but against Kansas City or against uh, Minnesota. Not a bad, not a bad weekend there. And uh, on that march to redemption that we talked about, that's slight possibility. Pittsburgh in St. Louis next weekend should be fun there. But yeah, we'll end it with go Phils, high hopes, sky hopes that we uh, can have some type of nice ending. But that should do it for us, Greg. I want to thank you once again for coming on. Always a pleasure. Jordy, anytime you are, uh, you're always, you're always my favorite uh, pod to listen to. Um, you know, it's, it's, that. for those who don't know, um, Jordy does a little. You uh, used to do just uh, just baseball, but now he's starting to dip into college football and and soon uh, to be NFL this week as well. The full used, tailgate. Yep. And he used to do uh, Game of Thrones, but that's obviously stopped. 
So he's uh, he's been crushing it, and uh, the pod is is unbelievable, and it's a good channel to listen to. Lots of good different things. Um, you know, quite frankly, I wish he was a little more a uh, little more consistent with uh, a little more consistent with his um, the postings. Yeah, with his with his uh, <laughs> postings. Great but- thing called life. You know, it sometimes gets in the way. I hear you. I hear you. But I hear you. Listen, unbelievable pod, Jordy. Thank you for having me on. You're great. Go yeah, Phils. And you're the and you're the best. Go Phils. That'll do it for us. Please remember to go like and share the podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Thunder BLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports is the Instagram and Facebook names to go search. Thunderbugsports.com, of course, is our presenting site. But for Greg, the prophet Piatelli, I am Canel, the man who drives the cart. Have a good night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.